Hi everyone, welcome to Val's Tales. I'm Val Portelli, writer of these stories. I'm Val's sister, Wendy Walker, and I'm the narrator. And Wendy's daughter, Jazz, is our producer. Every fortnight, we'll bring you a new story. Sometimes funny, sometimes sad, always thought-provoking. We hope you've enjoyed this first series of Val's Tales. It's been a roller coaster learning curve, but we've loved every minute. And thank you for coming along for the ride. The team will be taking a short summer break while we look back at the story so far and try out some new and exciting ideas for Series 2. August might seem a long way off, but it's only a few weeks away and it will be gone in a flash. Meanwhile, feel free to tell all your friends about the existing episodes and thanks again for your support. See you soon! Settle down. The story is about to start. The first version of this story was written about five years ago, following a prompt in a writer's group. About a year later, a friend pulled into a lay-by to take a break during a long journey and had a similar experience. A story is constantly evolving, so the final few paragraphs were added purely for the followers of Val's Tales. Enjoy. Scarves Every Christmas and birthday without fail, Auntie Emily gave me a scarf. Now don't get me wrong, I love scarves, but there are only so many you can wear at any one time. At least she varied them. I had silk ones, woolly ones, cotton ones, head squares, printed, triangular, long, short, shawls and bandanas. They weren't cheap either. I can remember thinking they were such good quality they would be strong enough to make a rope if ever I needed to escape from a fire in my third floor flat. Come to that, I could use them to tie someone up if they broke in to rob me, although that was unlikely with the ever-vigilant front desk security. Even then, they'd need a key to the private lift and staircase to get anywhere further than the foyer. The rent was expensive, but with my career taking off, I could afford it and the privacy it offered was worth every penny. The day I decided to have a clear-out, I bundled all the scarves into carrier bags, put them in the boot of the car to take to a charity shop and promptly forgot all about them. Shortly after that, I got my big break and my transport became either a chauffeured car, a plane or the tour bus with the others, so my car stayed in the garage. After a couple of months away, it was nice to be home and I spent my evenings in front of the TV or reading a book. My face had become quite famous and although I loved the fans, sometimes I just wanted some peace and space for myself. Julie, how are you? It seems we can't turn on the news these days without seeing your lovely mug, so I guess you've no time to catch up with old friends. Scotty, it's ages since I heard from you. How have you been? Scott and I had been friends since our school days, but with everything going on had not been in touch lately. We're doing good. In fact, that's what I wanted to ask you. Are you free next Friday? The band have got a gig at the old Mansion Arms and it would be great if you could be there. We've improved a bit since the last time you heard us play. I knew the venue from the old days. It was popular with the locals, but not the sort of place to be hounded by the paparazzi, so I decided to go. It would be good to see my old mates without being hounded by fans. 
The boys did a fantastic set. It was a great evening and by the time we'd finished chatting, it was much later than I expected when I hit the road for home. The area had changed quite a lot since the last time I'd been there and it was in a particularly desolate part of the countryside when the car started to cough and splutter. It was cold, miserable, raining and not a soul to be seen. All I needed. To add insult to injury, the battery on my mobile was dead so I couldn't even phone for help. Without warning, the car cut out, but I pumped the pedal and thankfully it choked and came back to life. A mile further on, it did the same again, and although it didn't die on me, by now I was seriously worried. Normally I was religious about keeping the petrol topped up, but I'd been so busy I hadn't made my usual weekly trip to the garage. Checking the petrol gauge, I was relieved to see it showed nearly full. Then I remembered when I'd looked at it before leaving, it had only been on the halfway mark. Keeping my eyes on the road, I gave it a tap and was horrified to see it move straight over to the lower edge of the red. Damn and blast. It must have stuck and now I was out of petrol. It was a narrow, bendy country lane with no streetlights. The rain had produced a thick mist which was threatening to turn into a fog, so there was no way I could leave the car there, even if I could walk to find some semblance of civilization. From the corner of my eye, I noticed a lay-by and wrenched the steering wheel to turn into it. The rough path led through trees and shrubbery until it unexpectedly opened up into a circular area full of cars. I realised I'd actually found a car park but as it was all in darkness, I assumed locals used it to leave their vehicles overnight. At least it was off the road, so turning on the interior light, I prepared to collect my belongings and start walking. I nearly jumped out of my skin when a disembodied voice yelled, Turn that light off! As I opened the driver's door, I realised all the cars were, in fact, occupied and people in various states of undress were leaving their vehicles and heading in my direction. I'd never been so scared in my whole life and was in dire need of a change of underwear. Surrounded by about 20 semi-naked men and women, I thought my time had come. Identify yourself, one of them demanded. Which group do you belong to? Uh, I, I don't. I spluttered, unable to think clearly. I just broke down and pulled off the road. I'm, I'm sorry. Why was I apologising? Despite my fears, I regained enough bravado to ask, Anyway, who are you? What are you all doing here? We're the SSPP, someone answered. The Swinging Scarves Party People. We meet here on the first Friday of the month and identify ourselves by our scarves. I see you don't have one, so must ask you to leave. <laughs> Funny you should say that, I said, as I reached into the boot of my car to retrieve the overflowing charity bag. You're welcome to these if someone could help me out with some petrol so I can be on my way. It was a peculiar sight to see two men wearing only strategically placed cashmere cravats siphoning off fuel to fill my tank, but within five minutes I was back on the road. Half an hour later, I pulled into the all-night service station to fill the tank and by 3am was safely tucked up in bed. The strident ringing of the phone early next morning woke me up. Have you seen the morning papers? 
my agent demanded. No, what's happened? I asked. The publicity couldn't have been better if we'd arranged it. We're going to smash every box office record. Get your glad rags on, girl. I'm lining up interviews as we speak. And don't forget the scarves. Intrigued, I grabbed the pile of newspapers left outside my door and started to go through them. Daughter of Scarf Ace, one quipped as a pun on the title of my latest film. Julie Pashmere takes it to the limit, another headline screamed. Julie and the bandanas cover the essentials, said another. Underneath was a close-up photo of me standing next to the two men who had been helpful in providing petrol when I'd run out. Their attire looked minuscule in the headlights they'd turned on so they could see what they were doing, but what made it worse was it made my clothing look transparent. Who would have believed staid Aunt Emily would turn out to be the boost I needed for my new career as an erotic actress? Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying these stories, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Podbean or our YouTube channel. You can also follow Val's Tales on social media. Details coming up.